0: Hello everyone, I'm Kevin Miller and this is The Ziegler Show, where our goal is to inspire your true performance. In this episode, the guide style that inspires you. So I didn't intend for this to be a show, it was actually just an honest question on Facebook, but 52 comments in and I thought, well, this obviously is a hot topic. Let's make it a show. And I simply ask this question. It was on Facebook. You can uh, invite you to join us there. Find and friend me at Agent K Miller. I ask, I often ponder the spirit of my own industry of self-help and motivation. It seems the most popular style these days is someone who went from zero to hero and is full of self-confidence, trying to fervently appeal to their audience to adopt the self-confidence they have found and believe you should be able to tap into. Does it compel you? Does hearing someone adamantly and boldly appeal to you about how you can and should find your own confidence and power and success as they have, does that inspire you? So many people cited that other stories of struggle and overcoming kind of the zero to hero does in fact inspire them. But the spirit and the tactic matters a lot. They want to hear, you know, here's where I was, here's what I did, and here's where I am now. But a lot of folks cited that they don't hear enough of what happened in between, just the real day-to-day struggles, the ups and downs, That sometimes that is missed. Well Tom Ziegler joined me and we discussed how important it is to find a voice also and a guide that you really resonate with and relate to. meaning just because somebody has really changed someone's life or they're the hottest you know thing in personal development or self-help right now, they may not resonate with you and that's okay. Find the person that you resonate with and along with this, And just as important, this show will be a good guide to you and how you can best be portraying your story and your influence to the people that you, well, that you desire to influence. Uh, So it's, it's one that's going to hit two points for you, how to be influenced and how to influence best. So here are some great products and services to share with you. And then we're going to dive into this episode. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled-in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to
1: save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
0: All right, Tom. Well, this is of course speaking right to what you and I both do. I mean, you're on stages consistently. You, of course, tutored under one of the masters, your dad, Zig Ziglar. Uh, but so I, I, this will be an interesting conversation as we just read through these and get people's take. And yeah, I'm interested to hear your perspective on some of this. So you ready to go? I'm ready. All right. Kyle here. He says, I can relate to people more if I know they come from a place uh, that's relevant to me. I can't relate to people that are just super successful. You know, they were born into money or whatever the case may be. I wasn't. So when someone comes from circumstances similar to mine and have now made it, it does feel more as if I can do it as well. And uh, we had a couple people, Gregory, that right after that says, ditto, Kyle. So a lot of, you know, a handful of people really appreciated what he said. And, and that is, I mean, gosh, you, you taught me that years ago, just in testifying to how your dad, Zig Ziglar, started pretty much every presentation, which was telling his personal story. And you said it exactly for that reason, so that people could relate and kind of had that aspect of, gosh, if he can do it, so can I. And you've also seen the gamut of other people and seen plenty who came and stood on stage and really seemed to share from a place of, hey, I've got it all figured out and I always have, um, which is, again, that's the thread that we're going to be talking about today. And you've seen how that plays out successfully and we're not. Absolutely.
1: And I'm really, I want to focus in on the, the idea of learning something and then implementing it. Okay. Which is two different. You can learn something and never implement, or you can implement. The difference is one gets change, one gets results, one gets growth, one gets a new, you know, a, a new outcome. And I studied this, and uh, people far smarter than me, psychologists, neuroscientists, will tell you that when you identify with someone, in other words, there's similarities, common backgrounds, maybe you've overcome the same difficult trauma or whatever when you identify with someone and they uh, build a relationship with you and then they give you advice, you are more likely to take the advice. And, and we can all, we can all remember being, you know, in different environments where there was an expert talking and we just couldn't connect. There was no similarity. There was no connection. There was no similar identity and so even though we even believed and agreed with what they were saying, the likelihood of us going and doing it was very small. Yeah. And yeah. that's why I love what we do because uh, so many people come in and they're like, who would ever listen to me? My, you know, I've never accomplished anything in my life. And then we find out, well, wait a second, you've overcome cancer and you lost a business and you've had relationship troubles and you moved 12 times when you were growing up. Wait a second, you <laughs> know, Every single one of those stories, somebody out there is going to identify with, and you learn something you don't even know that's going to benefit someone else. And so I get it. Um, And the punchline is, you know, I I say, hey, if Zig can, you can, but only if you do what Zig did. Yeah. Right? And so that's the implementation part.
0: Well, and you know, that's been relevant to me as I am, uh, writing a book, which you and I are just been talking about our own book writing and looking at that. I don't tend to, I, I do want to just, just on the aspect of story that it's one thing to say, Hey, everybody out there has a story. Uh, I, I believe that some of us who are not storytellers naturally, and I, I don't think about my personal story. And I've had now, so now as I've been pushed and guided in that direction by folks like our friend Pete Vargas and go back, oh my gosh, the wealth of stories that I do have that are relevant, that are why I am where I'm I'm at now, why I know they're huge. So I, I say that just for those out there that, yeah, you have a story. If you may just not be prone to thinking the story, I'm a bullet point guy. What's the point? Just give me the, you know, just give me the hard data at the bottom of it. The the point of going back and thinking through your story uh, and why you did this and why you didn't do this and what you regret, what you're grateful for, man, it's powerful. And that's what people are testifying to that does Uh, Speak to them. We'll 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 dig more into that. Here's one, Tom, and um, this is really a bit of a testimony just to where somebody's at, and I wanted to honor that. Tars Thomas. He says, "I was born poor, and have always struggled financially, even still, and I have realized that I come from a place of lack." Uh, So I watched several self help. Uh, personalities. And, and some that have stuck out to me is Evan Carmichael, the book, think and grow rich, the movie and book, the secret. And I, even though I have not yet broken through, these things are helping drive me forward. And I'm trying to create a business based on something I am passionate about. And I, I just wanted to honor the fact that you are aware of yourself, that you came from lack and you still think from that standpoint, that's, uh, I love the term awareness. Tom. I mean, it's, it's, that's where it starts. Nothing's gonna, it's like our friend, Dr. Randy James talks about the most dangerous thing is we don't know what we don't know. So TARS here knows I, I came from lack. I still tend to function that, but you are going after learning. And I love the resources you talked about. You and I were just talking books, Tom and think and grow rich that he just cited by Napoleon Hill written, man, I don't know. When was that? The forties or something. I mean, it was a long time ago. That thing is sitting at number 36 in best-selling self-help books today, and as much as I'm a fan of the new stuff coming out, some of what you're publishing, Tom, I will be soon as well. But I, I want people to to realize some of the classics are classics for a reason. Think and Grow Rich. Um, uh, let me let me jump up here. I'm, I, this is literally I'm looking on the bestseller list. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Stephen Covey. It is. Always there. You never don't find it there. It's there a couple times actually, and uh, see you at the top. Zigzag. I mean that that is zig. That is his number one best selling book, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Millions and millions sold.
0: Okay. Yeah, those books. I just don't want people as you're looking for the next new book. Don't miss those. Those are the ones where, as we talk with the the great success stories of our time, uh, those books are on their bookshelves. They're the again. Be open to the new ones coming out. There's great stuff. But as Solomon said, there's also nothing new under the sun. Don't miss the don't miss the classics back there. Right, Tom?
1: That's right. They they make all the difference. And, you know, it's funny because in the industry, you can trace the roots back to the most powerful presenters today, usually to two or three of the people we just mentioned.
0: Well, so our buddy, Seth Godin, one of the biggest voices in business today, and he has, it's actually, it was a clip. I pulled it out one time. Somebody sent it to me and he was on Tim Ferriss's show podcast. And he kind of went off on Zig Ziglar. He said, Zig is the, he's the grandfather of, in essence, motivation of being on the stage of, of inspiring people. And he said, he's the grandfather. If he hadn't, if he wasn't, uh, if he hadn't done what he did, most of us wouldn't be here. And he named off some of the biggest speakers and influencers of our time that Zig opened the door and really helped create that category, uh, that we all now take for granted. Uh, well, hey, here's a here's a good one, Eric Christopher. Now, I I know Eric. Eric is an influencer. Works with a lot of big influencers. Uh, works with Kevin Harrington, does a lot with him, who folks know now through Ziegler if they didn't know him as the Shark Tank guy. But he says, to be quite honest, Kevin Miller, it's been challenging to pay attention to anyone these days. It's mostly the same rehashed hype. Anyone and everyone claims to have the magic answers, quick fixes, and bulletproof solutions. Some are legit. Many are simply faux pros and fake it until you make it. I'm also rather tired of hearing Uh, people promoting that everyone needs to be their authentic selves. What a bunch of rubbish being yourself doesn't require that when you are true to yourself, you're automatically authentic by default. It would be great to have more people share the transparency of the struggle to obtain. And he has in quotes success, which is, can be an arbitrary illusion. Hopefully people like you can continue to lead the charge by leading from your heart. Um, Just on what he said there about transparency, he'd like to see more people share that. I'm going to read another one real quick. Kent Burr, he says, it's always great to hear success stories. What gets lost, though, is the day-to-day struggles that are encountered. There there may be some discussion about it, but we will never understand the real resiliency that these people had to employ to get where they are. Uh, It lends itself to understand that, though, that if they can do it, you can do it. Uh, But do I want it bad enough to push through or am I just a wishful thinker? I want to be great. I don't want to be great. I just want to be better. Uh, So those two things jumped out to me, Tom. They both talked about that maybe sometimes the folks sharing their stories don't do enough of sharing. They share, you know, here's where I was, uh, you know, poor and in trial and yada, yada. And I did these things and I got to where I am now. And people are saying, yeah, but what happened? What what's the real story of the minutiae that happened in there? Which, you know, going back to your dad Zig, I mean, he he put out a lot of content and you got to listen to a lot to really hear all those little stories that he shares of what happened along the way of his of his of his trials and his hardships and the challenges that he encountered to then get there. But yeah, maybe that's I think that's a good statement for people to hear, especially as, as you are trying to influence others that saying, Hey, here's where I started. Here's where I am now. Here's what I did in the middle. Yeah. But what was the struggle in the middle? So I think they are referencing, yeah, just the, the need for us to share that Tom. Yeah. You know, I was being interviewed not too long ago and
1: talking about the book choose to win. And I said, it came out last year. And they said, was that your first book? And I said, well, well, yeah. And they're like, well, how come it took so long? (laughs) <laughs> and then I was like, well, cause I wasn't ready to write a book yet. And they're like, wow, that's pretty transparent. You know? So it's almost like the industry almost makes you feel like if you're 22 and haven't written a book yet, you're a failure. Yeah. <laughs> and the reality is, is, you know, we all need to be seasoned. We all need to, to, to grow through a challenge. You know, my definition of legacy is preparing those you love, to grow through life's most difficult challenges. And I meet so many people who've overcome incredible challenges and yet they act as if it's, you know, everybody does that. And yeah. it's because we, we get locked into our own experience. I remember writing copy for, uh, you know, cause we put on events regularly. And so I was trying to write copy for a, a seminar that everybody would, would, would attend and so I, I wrote the copy from, from the perspective of, okay, what do people want to buy? Right. Yep. So what would you pay money? What is it that you really, really want? And, and this is me looking out in the world saying, yeah, feed me that. Okay. And so this was the title. I'll never forget the title of the seminar that I wrote, which I'll never promote because it's completely false and untrue, but it's what people want. And, he, and here's the title success the easy way in five minutes or less guaranteed or double your money back. Okay. Okay. So for all of you listening, every time you read copy about a book, a promotion, an online course, a three day event, you know, a live webinar, whatever it is, see how many, how close they get to that, 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 that title success, the easy way guaranteed in 5 minutes or less or double your money back i mean it's like is a you know that's what we think what people want but actually what they really want is the truth and the truth isn't pretty sometimes yeah you know the the pr- the truth is is i i failed like 10 times the truth is is i'm still not sure what i'm doing right now is going to pan out yeah right? The truth is, is that there's people I love in my life and, and, you know, they're going through hard times and it's, it's dragging me down. The truth is, and so people want to know the truth, but we teach something a little bit different, um, in regards to that. There was, there's a, there's a statement out there that says, if the mind can conceive it and you can believe it, you can achieve it. Yeah. And there's audio of dad going way back where he says, if you believe it, you can achieve it. But but that's taken out of context. And he came back over and over again and said, wait a second. there's a There's a different way to look at it. And that way is this, until you can conceive it, right? Until you can see it and believe it you won't achieve it. It doesn't mean you will achieve it. It means that until you can conceive it and believe it, you don't have a chance and there's a big difference. Mm-hmm. And so what we teach is, you know, I'm 55. And if I went to try out for the Dallas Mavericks right now, no matter how much I believed it and no matter how much shape I got in, it's not going to happen. i got a, a quarter inch vertical jump. It's just, it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's not going to happen. But then we come back and we say, wait a second. A positive attitude won't let you do anything, but it will let you do everything better than a negative attitude. Yeah. And so kind of the way we couch, what we teach is, hey, you know what? Life is hard. Dad Dad said this. uh, Life is hard. The tougher you are on yourself, the easier life will be on you. And so the balance is, is we've got to give people hope. We've got to give people a reason to step out and try. We've got to give them a promise and a plan, a specific action step. But then we've got to say, you know what? <laughs> it's going to be so hard that you've got to motivate yourself every day. Yeah, It's going to be so hard that you're going to have to actively choose the attitude that you want because things are going to drip on you and things are going to be tough, but it's worth it. And that is a difficult message because yeah. it's so much easier to go to the copy that says, Hey, just do these five things and you'll be rich tomorrow.
0: Yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, You know that you talk about motivating yourself every day. A couple of things you said that I want to, I want people to, I I pulled a couple of things out. I want want people to hear these successful leaders, the people you hear on this show, and those folks are not without self doubt. And, And as I've seen them, some of them have as much or more self doubt than the average person, but what I've seen is they've they've realized that they have they have high faith uh that it's gonna work out in the end and they're gonna try and they're okay if it doesn't make if it doesn't work out the first time uh but i just i think so many people discount themselves because they're aware of their own self doubt their own uh, their own concerns, their own inadequacies, man, these people that you're following, letting influence you, they are not without those. They have just gotten comfortable with the reality that they are human, that they're not going to knock it out of the park every time and faith that it will work out in the end. And, you know, you, you also mentioned just the, again, going back to story, Tom, that, It reminded me of a a quote that I had been given and I'm not, I don't remember it exactly to paraphrase it, but it was the essence of it was we all have some area and I want to say brilliance, but that's too big of a word for a lot of people, but skills, talents, abilities, giftings areas where we are good. And I'll tell you, I just got an email before the show from my CPA firm. Uh, with my taxes and everything. And, and last night I met with some high-end financial advisors on a business deal that we're, that we're doing. Those people that know numbers, they are brilliant to me. They are not that brilliant to themselves. It's just what they know. And they're not even that brilliant that th- they think in their circles because they ha- tend to hang out with people like themselves and they all know that stuff. To me, they are brilliant. I cannot fathom being able to understand and maneuver numbers uh, like they do. Thank God for them. We have those areas. So the the quote was something to the effect effective. Yeah. Our, in our brilliance, it's ordinary to us, but it's extraordinary to other people, the right other people. Again, the people who are in your own peer group may be similar to you and it's not to them, but man, there's people out there that do not have your skills, talents, giftings and abilities. And it is extraordinary to them. And I've just, I've had to learn that myself, Tom, because what I do well, it's ordinary to me. It's what I do well. It's not a big deal. Uh, and yet I get testimony for people. I got to, I got to, sometimes I gotta find myself just having to have faith in them, you know, I have faith in the responses, right?
1: well i look at you and you've got 74 kids that live in your house
0: and i'm like man that's extraordinary (laughs) that is extraordinary people always ask me how do you do it i have no idea i don't know well (laughs) lots of lots of faith You are listening to the Ziegler show and this episode on the styles of guides you are inspired by. But remember, this is also a great learning session on how you can best inspire those you desire to influence. Well, next I read a comment that starts off. Well, like this, I used to hate the whole success industry, motivational speakers and such. So I'll bring that to you right after I share some great products and services. which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to dot com. Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. you <laughs> Uh, All right. Scott Moore here says, I used to hate the whole success industry, motivational speakers and such. Then I actually listened to some of them and found some to be wonderful, helpful people. Now, though, I struggle with enacting real change. Back to what you said, Tom, implementing, accomplishing great things. I see a lot of the big names in in the success industry. It seems like they're unique in the way they achieve their success. For instance, Zig Ziglar. Now, I can't deny he helped a lot of people achieve success, but you got to find a way that works for you. If you try to be just like Zig, you'll fail miserably. Uh Thomas Zelensky right after that said, Yeah, as long as I can relate to that person. And I thought that 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 is good. I mean, we want to find these people. And here we are doing the Ziegler show with Tom Ziegler, Zig Ziegler's son. And you know, not everybody relates to Zig or you or me. Well, I'd say to some degree they do, or they wouldn't be here. But you know, when we talk about some of these other influencers, there is a point of finding who resonates with you. That's why As I mentioned earlier, Solomon says there's nothing new under the sun, but we do need to hear things from different people, different voices, different experiences and find that's the beauty of the age that we live in, where we can go find a podcast or a book uh, with somebody who resonates with us. And I want people to be okay with that because if you feel like somebody like Zig Ziglar, man, he's the guy. So you got to listen to him. You got to relate to him. If you don't, man, that is okay. There are other people out there. Fine who you relate to. Find the story that resonates with you. If you're a woman and you want to listen to women, do that. Uh, if, if, if you want somebody who's been a parent like you, or has gone through a divorce like you, or who is an athlete like you find that person that you can relate to, you will be able to be, you'll be more motivated by their story. Cause again, just like these guys are saying it, it relates to you. I think that's powerful because I think sometimes we get stuck in that aspect, Tom, of thinking, gosh, this person's a great influencer. I've got to listen to them and do as they say. It's not always a good fit. And you've seen that probably, you know, more times than you can count.
1: Yep. You know, this reminds me of a story. Uh, Kyle Wilson is a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Kyle is the one who helped Jim Rohn build his uh pretty amazing back end business, getting all the Jim Rohn's material out. And it's, it's amazing material. And Kyle called me up and he said, uh, Hey, you know, we're sending all this Jim Rohn stuff out. Can we put a, a, a single audio of Zig in there? And so I'm thinking, man, that's fantastic. That's going to grow our business. And so it took off. Right. And so he started selling a lot of our stuff and then he said, Hey, uh, Is it okay if we put a Jim audio in there uh, with your Zig stuff? And I love Jim Rohn, but my initial thought was, well, wait a second. You know, he's got good stuff and we believe everything he says, but isn't that like a little competitive? And then Kyle said, well, wait a second, Tom, here's the reality. Everybody has a certain ear for a certain voice. And what I found is, is if we can get them the same message from different voices, Uh we have a much better chance. So he taught me a lesson that day. So of course we started doing that and, and, and boom, more people were impacted and helped. And so now this is how I take this forward. Uh, I, I do coaching and sometimes I coach people for a year. Sometimes it's three years, sometimes it's longer and, usually there's a time where they come to me and they say, Hey, I think we've done all we can do. I might disagree, but you know what? My, my question is to them. It's not, why are you leaving? It's okay. Fantastic. Who are you going to get coached from now? Yeah. 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 <laughs> because I'm such a big believer in the personal growth and the progress and the commitment and the doing the work. And the, I want to be a little bit better tomorrow than I am today. That if the voice is true, that's speaking into your life, then you you go that direction. There should be no, no, well, I feel like I'm leaving somebody. No, that if they're the right kind of person, they're giving you a high five and wishing you well and saying, check back with me because I want to see who you have become in a few months.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, I agree. I mean, one of the things that drew me to Zig was just his personality. I resonate with his personality. I don't with his upbringing. I didn't come from a family with a truckload of kids and my dad died at a young age and I went to work at five. It didn't happen to me. It's not my story. So even that, you know, looking at is it their story that resonates is it their personality. Is it their delivery? Is it their humility? Is it their confidence? Is there, you know, figured out. Figured out. Yep. I can't.
1: I can't tell you how many times I've heard. Yeah, when I first heard your dad, it's like I don't want to listen to this guy. I can't even understand him. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, because yeah. they're like from the far reaches of the world, like New Jersey or something. And then, <laughs> and then three seconds later, they're giving me uh, Zig quotes in a southern drawl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of times we're put off by you know somebody's you know accent or style. Uh, but if we listen a little deeper, it's like, oh, wait a second. That's good stuff.
0: Who's who's done the best Zig, Zig impersonation? Oh, there's
1: a bunch of good ones. Uh, you know, I really like Bob Berg's uh, Zig impersonation. Uh, one, because he does a pretty good job of it. But mainly because of the story around it. Yeah. Uh, the, the story was he was really struggling in sales. And he learned this this saying, this overcoming objection thing. Uh, so he memorized it word for word. And in the next time he got that objection, he just said it word for word, like Zig said it. Mm-hmm. And he said, I couldn't believe it. They bought.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is, it's funny though, with that, with, you know, with, with Zig's, uh, accent, because, you know, there's people that I read today that are, uh, you know, my go-tos for spirituality or philosophy or business, or whatever, who I've hardly ever heard. I read them. But back in Zig's day, man, that was his primary thing. He was either on stage or on a cassette tape, and people heard that amazingly distinctive voice. And even now, when I listen to him, I sometimes think, man, I just, that's an unfair advantage. He has such a great brand in that now unique we, voice.
1: I can't tell you how many times we were out in public and nobody recognized him. And then he would start talking, and I would watch heads turn. <laughs> right? Yeah. So that's that's kind of cool. Another person who does a great Zig impressionation is Andy Andrews. Oh, sweet. I can imagine that. And uh, actually, if you've ever heard the audio book of Born to Win, Andy's the one who did the voice on that. And there's a few uh, things in there where he does the Zig, uh, Zig accent. Uh,
0: that's beautiful.
1: Andy's got a good story where I think it was at the, uh, the Gaithers family reunion and he was on stage doing his thing in between one of the sets and he started impersonating dad. Uh, but he didn't realize that dad was in the audience. Oh no, <laughs> that's excellent. And he was mortified, but dad was laughing. He had, it was, it was
0: awesome. <laughs> that, yeah. It's flat. That's, that's just flattering. Uh, well, here, here's another one. Carolyn Delaney, she says as a recovering alcoholic, it was life-changing to hear people speak of the type of depth of despair that I felt what happened to them and how they're not where they were anymore and what they did. Although I have my own mind and make my own decisions, there was comfort in knowing that there was a framework in a place that helped millions who came before me. I'm forever grateful. And I assume she's talking, referencing AA. And that is a great model for all of us where you know, people are just sharing. Yeah, going back to what those guys said, that is a prime place where sh- people are sharing openly as much as anything, not even their success of just their daily struggles. And it makes us all, I think we all tend to think, I'll never forget hearing from a friend as he was talking about a struggle. He says, man, we all tend to think that our own sin, I use that word has lots of baggage, but our own sin, our own problem is the worst. It's the most vile. It's the, it's the, It's horrific. And so then to hear people who are, similar to us, not to make us cop out, but just, gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm human. I'm, I'm normal. I can, it gives us permission. I think, doesn't it, Tom? It
1: does. And, uh, I think it's, uh, Lencioni who mm-hmm. talks about, you know, the, the most powerful leaders are the ones that are willing to be vulnerable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And, you know, it, it's not necessarily vulnerable in every situation and all things in life, Uh, but, but depending on the group you're with, when you're vulnerable, when you're, when you're like, I don't know what the next step is, right? That's part of being human. We're not supposed to know. And we take on that mantle and we think we are supposed to know because we have a position or a title or we're the mom or we're the dad. Uh, and then we know that we don't know. And then we start beating ourselves up because we don't know. And we're not supposed to know because we've never been there before and then somebody else who's been down that road earlier come in and they say man this is what i went through and we're like oh my goodness that's me right now it takes it you know it's like not only does it does it give you that person hope when you share that but it takes the load off the yeah. burden off right yeah. cuz we all feel um like we should know and it's okay not to know it's not okay to sit in the not knowing right we got to go out and figure it out but you know, unless we've been taught, we don't know, yeah,
0: yeah our our expectations for ourselves are so uh overbearing sometimes, and it's a hard balance there because we need to expect a lot from ourselves, but we gotta do it with grace with ourselves as well, and that usually doesn't come hand in hand, you know, you mentioned vulnerable, I mean that's Zig did that so well, it was such a Almost a, a dichotomy of him that he was so humble, so vulnerable, and yet with a great personal self-image and self-confidence, and to be able to marry those, of course, I think that's what made him, you know, who he is today. And with the opposite of that, here, here's a testimony right here. Wendy, she says, "There's someone locally who is just in your face about how we should be just like him, and it is a huge turnoff." That is a what, Tom? Uh, that, that's the the downside of the person on stage who has some level of success, who thinks that they really have arrived. They don't have humility. They don't have vulnerability and they want everybody to be where they are doing what they are. And I'll tell you, Wendy, and actually I'm about to read one from, uh, from Amber too. both of those. They were members in free agent Academy. That's the online membership that I had for, for people pursuing self-employment years ago. It's been about seven years now. And, they witnessed me. Now they're not testifying to it here. Well, hopefully she's not talking about me. I'm not local. <laughs> but I, but to some degree, I, I did that. So self-employment, man, that was my thing. And I got called out uh, by some, by some people who cared enough to tell me they say, man, you, I, I get what you're trying to do, help people have freedom and passion in their work and the idea But you're holding up self-employment as a Holy grail. Like it is the landing point that everybody should be at. And they said, that's not fair. That's not, that's not best for everybody. It's not, we can't have a hundred percent of the world being self-employed. And it just, man, it hit me. I, di- I didn't mean to be coming off that way, but sure enough, I really was, I was really holding it up that end result as a Holy grail, instead of just the process in and, and the end result of not that destination of self-employment, this destination was freedom in your work and, and autonomy and having passion in what you are and the freedom to live out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can do that in a great job. And, but I had to have that. I think we, again, it's a, it's a, uh, Uh, a risk of being on stage and and being excited about what you've achieved and wanting other people to experience that, uh, we got to watch out that we don't hold up ourselves and our way as the only way. And I think that's what Wendy's attesting to here. And again, Tom, and I know you've, there's nobody who's seen that good and bad more than you have with folks literally on stage. Yeah. You know, just
1: a quick story. I was speaking a couple of weeks ago in Indiana and, uh, one of my new friends, uh, Darren, uh, he, he lives a couple of hours away from where I was speaking. He came up. And so he's there, uh, and we're hanging out and I'm getting ready to speak. And he's like, Hey, do you get, you know, do you get nervous before you go and speak? I mean, do the butterflies go or, you know, yeah. whatever. And I said, well, I used to, but I don't anymore. And he said, well, what changed? And so, And so I want to, you know, because I know exactly what Wendy's talking about. It's like the formula, right? Right. I'm here today and I had this and this and this and they show the pictures and boom, this happened and I lost it all. I made a stupid decision and then I had to climb back out of the pit. And I, you know, one of my mentors came to me and said, if you do these four things, it'll change your life. Well, here are the four things plus one. And then they, you know, then they give their speed. Uh, And sometimes I think people, speakers especially who are on the path they haven't they haven't quite figured it out there they're like if I don't tell the if I don't give the formula you know the formula uh-huh. right then you know I'm gonna be looked down on or somebody might not understand the whole message or whatever and and I'll just share with what changed for me personally is gosh in the early you know when I was going out and speaking I'd get I'd get uptight and I'd get nervous and I have anxiety and I'd over prepare and I'd Is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? You know, what happens if the PowerPoint goes out? what happens if the mic goes down? What happens if they have a hundred people instead of 10 or 10 instead of, I mean, you know, all those thoughts are going through your head. And of course, when you go up there and you have all these constraints, it's hard to get in the flow, right? It's hard. And then one day I figured it out. None of that stuff matters. Whether the mic works or not, it doesn't matter. Whether the PowerPoint works or not, it doesn't matter. Whether there's 10 people or 10,000 people, it doesn't matter. The only reason I'm there is to serve the people in the room. Hmm. That's it. And so when you go out on stage and you've done your prep work, I'm not saying you can't do your prep work, okay? I'm saying you got to be ready. you got you got to have something to deliver. If you start late or they need you to finish early or the PowerPoint breaks down, Or you ask for questions and you get the golden question, right? Or you get the spirit from the room of, hey, we want to hear more about A than B. And then you forget B and you go with A. You answer that question. You serve the people in the room. And when your spirit is, when your attitude is, when the countenance is of delivering a speech and a message is to help the people who God put in front of me today, that's when everything changes. Yeah. And I think that might be the underlying tone of people who I can connect with versus people who turn me off Yeah, is what is their motive for being there? Is it about them or is it about you? Is it about, look what I've done? Or is it, golly, what, what could you do? You know? And that's, that's where we come across. And that's what I, that's what I loved about dad is because I'd ask him, how did it go? And and he would basically just say, uh, he never judged it by the applause. It was, did I, did I speak God's truth and love? Was I there for the people? And yeah. if he did and he prepared, then he was okay with it. And by the way, Kevin, he always would think of one or two things he could do better next time. Yeah. Not that it wasn't awesome or not that anybody in the room didn't had no clue. He just knew this is what got him excited as good as he was There was still room for growth. And that's a positive way, right? It was never beating himself up for what he didn't do. It was getting excited about how he could take it a little bit further next time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Your perspective there of how am I helping people? And I think that's a a way for folks as they're looking for people to help guide them, influence them, uh, teach them. To look at that, and we do still have. Uh, I got to admit, Tom, on on social media and stuff, I am still. I shouldn't be surprised, but I, for some reason, I am about how often that persona that you just talked about is showcased. Of here is where I am, and I tell you, there's a. I I, I don't know if it's if it's growing lately or if I'm just my my particular activator. There's a brain term is on to see it. But the amount of uh, attractive couples and usually a very attractive, curvy woman who are uh, espousing some new self-help you know, formula, that's, the, that's their formula. Is let's put an attractive picture up there, talk about what we've achieved and try to draw people to that. And the, what's, what's interesting to me is that I keep seeing it. So you, you want to think it must be working as a tactic to draw people. Is it changing lives, though, or is it just a voyeuristic aspect that people want to go. It kind of, remember back, who who was the guy with lifestyles of the rich and famous, uh, the English, English guy, whatever that we're just voyeuristically looking at. Are they actually changing lives? And I do appreciate, uh, podcasting in that, in that aspect these days, because at some point you listen to somebody shows enough and you figure out their spirit, you figure out just what you said, Tom, are they really there to help someone? Uh, it's back to the talk radio days of Paul Harvey and today, you know, Dave Ramsey. I mean, you hear him enough, you hear what his personality is, what his style is, what his heart is, and you figure out if that's something that resonates with you, that feels authentic, back to that word that somebody used, or not. But man, the, the stuff that's still coming out on social media every single day that I think is, is clickbait in essence is what they call it. Clickbait to get you to click through, to get you to voyeuristically look. And I think that happens that people are, they're interested just to hear somebody's about their sex, successful life. It's not helping them. It's entertainment. It really is. It's a great way. I think for us to gauge it too. Are we listening to something because it's interesting, entertaining, or is it actually convicting? Is it actually helping us see life differently? Back to what you said, Tom, are we implementing anything a year later or are we just listened and read a lot?
1: Yeah. And, I, you know, being a political science major and studying history and stuff in school all those years ago, um, you know, you think about, okay, so let's just say you've got two schools of thought. You've got Machiavelli where, you know, the ends justify the means. Yeah. Right. And then you've got the other side, which is, hey, you know what, I'm just going to lay it out there and it's totally up to them whether they use it or not. Well, both of those are kind of weak when you think about it. Yeah. Uh, There's nothing more frustrating to me than hearing a fantastic presenter.
0: At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder
1: who forgets to call to action. Who forgets to ask people to take action. So their life will be changed, you know, because if it's great to get a warm, fuzzy feeling, but if they don't know how to take action to implement, then it's there. And then there's the other side of the coin, which is, Man, that was the most. I don't know what it is they're selling, but I'm buying it. And then I realize they're not selling anything. <laughs> you know, they're just they've just put together a package of fluff that isn't going to help me in any way. But man, am I fired up and convinced? <laughs> of what, what, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it, it, and unfortunately, it seems like there's very few complete holes where you get A and B right, mm-hmm. where the A message is so strong, and then B. They, they make a compelling offer that not only are you going to go get it right then, but you're going to start it before. You're going to open the package before you leave the room mm-hmm. because you can't wait to get started. And so you got to have both. And so, you know, for, for people who use uh questionable tactics uh, I will question their tactics uh, before I'll question their motives. Cause I don't know somebody's heart. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'll say, well, wait a second, why are you doing this? Why couldn't you do it this way? And so it's more behavior that I can see versus motivation behind it. But I I have just as much beef with people who have the answer, but don't let anybody figure, you know, take it on with them.
0: Well, this, this comes to our chat before we even did this show, Tom, you and I spent 30, 45 minutes talking about the book you're writing, the book I'm writing and how people do judge a book by its cover. You look at the bestseller list right now of new things coming out, and there are some uh, perspectives that seem to be attractive to the populace. And we can look at that and go, man, I don't agree with that. They're just you know, doing that to sell books. And yet, just what you said, the tragedy is also that anointed message that somebody has that who really wants to help people. And it never gets out there. People aren't going to benefit from it because they didn't go out there. And and it sounds bad, but play the game to somewhat. And I always go back to the Bible and Jesus when the, they ask him about, you know, should he, should they pay taxes or not? He said, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. In the marketplace here, in in our world to me is it's, it's Caesars. It has its own rules. It has the way that people are responding. And I don't think we should become obviously disingenuous or unauthentic at all, but to realize and study that, I mean, this goes back to, you know, uh, secrets of closing the sale. This is what helps people sell. It's, it's not, you don't manipulate them. You do it out of care, but there are some, there's behavioral economics. I mean, it actually works and here's ways not to sell. And you may have the best product or service uh, ever. And if you don't do these things, you're not going to sell that much. And if you do these things, you're you're not going to sell squat. I mean, there are some rules out there. So what are the rules out there in the marketplace that we can utilize harness uh, with authenticity to get our message out there? And that's a struggle. I, I think that's a tension that we're talking about, Tom. And I, I'm not even going to read them because I have a couple lined up here that are pretty scathing comments that we got from people who are upset about the formula you talked about. Do this for, you know, here's your four things. Here's our sexy picture, yada, yada. And, uh, and they're, and they're sick of it. And then right followed by some people saying, I, you know, Bethany here, she says, I'm more con- connect, compelled to connect with someone who shares their story from a place of humility and authenticity. Uh, Jessica says, I relate to those who keep things real and have come from dark places in life and find strength and perseverance to carry on and lift others in the journey. Uh, So we've got this bad formula, this inauthentic clickbait formula over here. We've got folks here who are the real deal. And yet we still have a marketplace and we're all the same people. We walk into the airport bookstore and we see books and either they compel us with a title or they don't. Uh, they have a podcast and either they you know, have good business practices. I'm, I'm still amazed that uh, I want to thank Tom that anything that we, that we have listeners, right? We have a listening group here on The Ziggler Show. And that pretty much every episode they're going to download and listen to. And I, I did a soft survey and realized that is not true. Uh, they do like The Ziggler Show. They will check out the title and the definition of every show that we do, if it is not compelling to them, they will not listen. Uh, so I have to pay attention to what is the headline and yet I can't make it just a hook. I need to tell what this is really about and do them a search. Cause if I do a hook, that's uh, not a, not a true depiction of what the show is and then bring them in only to find out it's a topic they don't care about. I've just wasted their time. That's a negative that isn't I'm better off not to have that download not to be able to count it in our download thing uh and it but I but I do but I can also have a great message that, does reson- that would bless this person and give it a crappy title and not give it a just definition uh on the subtitle or come in and sit here and blabber on in the intro for 5 to 8 minutes like I used to and we have bad reviews that talk about it uh and I can I can hurt that message the tension the tension. I mean, we deal with it every day, Tom. It's the, uh, yeah, it's,
1: it's, it's how do you deliver a life changing message so that everybody will hear it. Mm-hmm. And the challenge is, is that everybody hears, we talked about at the very beginning of the show, everybody hears things a little bit different mm-hmm. and the best speakers in the world appear to appeal to all types of hearing. Yeah. Right. Cause you're there to serve the room. You got to appeal to all types of hearing. No. Uh, and that, that is a challenge. You know, dad always said uh, under promise over deliver, right? Give, you know, said high expectations, but don't promise the world. So that's under promising and then over deliver, give them a plan that you can implement. That'll take you to where you want to go. Uh, be authentic. And you know uh, the validation for Zig Ziglar they loved what he said on stage or on the audio programs, but it was almost like after they met him many times that it really sunk in yeah. because he he was his message. As good as he was on stage, he was better off stage. Yeah. And that's the challenge with our life. You know, if, if, if we get in a position where we can share whatever our secret to success is for us, right. When we get to share that with others, we can never forget that, they're now going to watch us and see how we live the rest of our life. Yeah. And that's the validation.
0: Well, here, let's end then on a shameless promotion. For You ready? Kendall Hudson says, Zig was the first teacher I listened to. I burned through many of his cassettes back in the eighties. His comments showed me how my inner voices and beliefs were negative and self-defeating. I was feeling less than and not good enough. Zig's stories helped me to see that I was not the only person who could feel that way about my, about himself. Uh, It helped me to be aware of my script and my opinion of self. And I learned to dispute my incorrect belief. And I wanted to do that uh, and also say, folks, if you, uh, I think there's a lot of people that listen to Ziggler Ziggler Show, new people every day, some who are younger, never even experienced Zig. And if you haven't, do yourself the favor that most of the successful people I know of in this world have done and Get involved with Ziggler to some degree. If you go to Ziggler.com, you can go there and look. Get the, If you haven't read See You at the Top, if you haven't read Secrets of Closing the Sale, if you haven't read Born to to Win, uh, if you haven't had read Tom's New and Choose to Win, they're all available there. Of course, you can find them other places too, but they're all available there as well as the things, the ongoing live events. You talking about meeting Zig, that you can meet the Ziggler family. Uh, the events are are unprecedented, and I think a lot of people still don't realize that those are available you're probably having one a month or so ish oh yeah one a month and in fact uh for
1: our european listeners going to be in dublin uh august 6th and 7th so the, the, the choose to win master class will be there we do choose to win in
0: dallas as well so yeah. check
1: us out at ziggler.com
0: well, and that's the year 2020 for those of you listening to this two years from now uh and if, <laughs> if that's you go to ziggler.com and see where tom will be next uh we'll figure that out man i again as always appreciate people sharing this and there there were 50 some, com- some comments we probably got through you know 10 mm-hmm. or so but I, I i hope that i shared the flavor and again the point was to figure out to help people discern who they want to listen to who they want to follow who does resonate uh with them and is uh, you know an, an authentic example to them. Them. And also, though, for I think most people are saying, have a desire to influence others. And I hope this gives you some framework for how to do that better. Tom, man, always a gift to to be here with you, brother. Good stuff, man.
1: Be blessed. We appreciate everybody. Uh, I will say this uh, I recently turned 55, and you will not meet a more blessed human being on the planet because everywhere I go, I get to talk to somebody uh, who's family, right? Because they heard dad speak or they're plugged into the, the true performance show. They're listening to the audio. They've read a book and you guys uh, give me energy and meaning and just that desire uh, to do what dad always taught. And that's just to be a little bit better tomorrow than I am today. And so appreciate the listeners here, share this, share, share the podcast with those you love yeah, uh, and those who you want to impact and influence because it's changing lives and it's because of people who
0: listen that we get to do what we do. Yeah. So much appreciation. Amen. Thank you, Tom. Thanks again to everyone who shared. You are what makes these Q and a shows so, so rich. And again, I invite anyone who hasn't come join me, Find and friend me on Facebook at Agent K Miller. I'd love to hear your experience, your input, your feedback. Coming up in episode 763, complaining is poison to your success. So we all want more success, right? And a better fruition for our lives. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here listening to this show. So what you are about to have revealed is possibly your greatest, most detrimental bad habit. As English is the international business language, right? Complaining is the international language we use in relationships with other humans, uh, the most prolific in some ways. In this show, I bring you Will Bowen. He's the founder and purveyor of an initiative called A Complaint-Free World. You will hear why his fans include Maya Angelou and Oprah Winfrey, and he's been featured on the Today Show and CBS Sunday Morning, ABC Evening News, and and much more. 12 million of his purple Complaint-Free World bracelets, which I'm wearing right now, one of, uh, have been sent to people. In over 106 countries, I think your mind's really going to be blown to realize just how prevalent this divisive and destructive habit of complaining is in our culture and in our own mouths, mine included. Following this revelation, we will cover exactly why we and others complain so, so often. And that one right there is just revelatory to understand why. And I think you'll hear it and go, oh my gosh, it makes complete sense. And you're going to relate with it uh, tremendously. Unfortunately, it is initially disheartening, but also convicting and I think enthusing that it's something that we can start reversing immediately and you're going to want to. It's not easy, uh, but uh, well, we'll talk more about that. When you understand, though, how you're complaining, how are complaining, how it's undermining your life, you're going to understand why. I now feel it's quite possibly the number one thing we can address for our overall peace, joy, fulfillment, and life success. So Will provides us also with a methodology to decrease our complaining. It's a complaint-free challenge. It's brain training, folks. Uh, You can engage with it like I have by going to acomplaintfreeworld.org a complaint free And you can also find his book, a complaint free world uh, at that site or wherever you buy books. Well, till then folks, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.